the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Proudly supported by Disney Plus. Celebrating every colour of the rainbow. Bring the beat in. Finding love in 2022. The apps, the scene, and everything in between. Love has changed so drastically for those of us here living in the UK. From 1967, we saw the legalisation of homosexual relations. 2004, homosexuals received civil partnerships. And most recently, in 2020, we saw Northern Ireland join the rest of the UK in making same-sex marriage legal. internet has provided us with a whole range of facilities to try and make the aim of finding love even easier. So what does this look like in 2022? How easy has it become to find love? Or has it made it more difficult? What has this done to the dating scene as a whole? My name is Danny Brett and join me as I swipe left, right and occasionally super like on Dating in 2022. Online dating has become a massive part of dating in 2022. Just listen to this clip from Tinder founders Sean Rad and Justin Mateen back in 2015. Meeting new people sucks, right? And we just wanted to make it better. Um, So Tinder just makes it incredibly easy to meet somebody. It takes away all of the potential rejection. Uh, It doesn't make it weird. You don't have to walk up to somebody and, you know, interrupt them when they're out with their friends. You just swipe on Tinder and magic happens. Our goal is to just efficiently connect as many people as we can. You know, we feel like people are constantly looking to meet others and we make that as simple and easy as possible. So, anyone familiar with online dating will be familiar with maybe these sounds. Maybe you've heard this advert. Hinge, the dating app designed to be deleted. And finally, what about this one? For those of you who may not be as familiar with these sounds, 
That was Tinder, Hinge and Grindr, some of the biggest online dating apps currently around. With The Guardian releasing figures saying that two-thirds of the LGBT plus population in the UK is single, but with dating apps making finding love so accessible, I wanted to find out what people's thoughts are about the apps and what it's like meeting people through them. I talked to Adam, Stefano and TJ, all who currently use dating apps. The first few questions I want to ask Adam, Stefano and TJ is what dating app do they use the most? And then also, if they were to ever meet someone through the dating app, would they be almost uneasy telling people that they met this person through a dating app? I really just wanted to understand their viewpoints about these dating apps. What is your most uh, used dating app? As for all the dating apps there are, which one's the one you use the most? The one I probably use the most is Grindr. Why would you say you have the app? I think I have the app because I just get bored sometimes. And to be honest, I don't really meet people off Grindr that often. Um, more so, I just find it entertaining. Um, yeah. So you obviously said you've got Tinder. Are there any other dating apps you use? I have got Grindr, but I did delete it today. But then it's something that I sort of delete and then get again and then delete it and then get it again and then delete it. But hopefully I'll keep it clean. What, why do you delete it and then get it again? What, what's the process that goes through? I think, especially because I think the uni that I'm at, there's not a huge like representation of LGBT. Like The uni endorses it, don't get me wrong. But in terms of like the amount of students, it's not really like a one driving with loads of people. So I feel like I delete it because I'm like, I don't like the way it works. I think I nothing wrong with having fun and stuff. I, I'm all for that. But I just think it's not the right way of doing it. And I've had discussions with housemates and stuff about it. So I sort of delete it because I'm like, oh, I don't like the type of relationships it sort of creates. But then when I delete it, that's my, I feel at the minute, that's my only way to sort of, communicate with the community in the future were to meet um your partner through a dating app um how would you feel telling people that you met your partner um through this dating app um and that's how we met like if i meet my partner through a dating app that's how we met there is no other way around it and i do not feel shame that i met them through a dating app because i feel like 90 more than 95 percent of people in this generation meet people through dating apps. So I think there's nothing wrong with getting a relationship on Tinder. And I follow some accounts of a gay couple that are engaged now that are from Tinder. My own boss, okay, she is straight, but my own boss met her fiance or book her boyfriend on Tinder. So I think Tinder's different. I think Tinder, yes. Grinder, I'd never say it's impossible, but I think it's highly unlikely. I think that I wouldn't be I wouldn't feel uneasy or scared telling people that I met someone through a dating app because I think it's a valid 
way of meeting someone and especially in the like LGBT community it's like often it's hard for us to find people like organically you know so I know a lot of people who have gone on dates and have like budding relationships from like online apps so I think it's completely fair enough. All three of them have given me just a small insight into the apps that they use and how they perceive them. I wanted to know when they do go on a date through one of these apps what do they actually look for on that first date? When you are on a first date with someone um, what are the essentials? What kind of do you think needs to happen? What do they need to do? What do you need to do? On a first date, I would say just like kind of feel the vibe. It needs to be more chill, which usually it isn't. It's very awkward and stiff. People need to relax a bit. And they need to open up a little bit, obviously not jump into their deepest fears and stuff. But like, just get to know each other a little bit. And like I said earlier, introducing an activity does help flow the conversation easier. I think you've got to be able to like have a good connection, like to just listen and respond well to each other. I think having having things in common helps. Like if you're completely different people, it's going to be quite hard to make conversation. And I think you've got to like be into each other, you know, like if you're not attracted to someone, it's, it's hard to like go on a date with them. Stefano had commented how they have only ever been on one date, but they don't really count that because they were 14. So I wanted to know if they have all these dating apps, why they haven't been on a date yet. Can I ask why you've never been on one? Um... I don't know. I think I don't think it helped. I think when I was at school, I was in the school with like max. I think during high school, there were thirty people in the year. So like, not. I think there was no one else in my year that was gay, or anything like that. And then when I went to sixth form again, there was like fifteen people in my year. So I don't think I was around a lot of people. And then I also think maybe like confidence and social anxieties and stuff as well sort of kicked in as well. So I think while I've been at uni, that's sort of what I've struggled with. I'd say. Would you say then that? Tinder and Grinder are kind of good apps, especially to help those who do initially have anxiety. I think Tinder, yes. I think Grinder, no. But why do you say no Grinder? I think Grinder's good if it's if you're in a good headspace. But I think if you're in a bad headspace, you can you like you'll meet people not because you want to meet them, but because you want. Like, I was saying to my partner, we talked about it, like. She asked, she asked me the question, like, do you agree with hookup culture? And I'm like, well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the issue with it is when people do it not for the fun element, but they do it to fill a void. Adam had a really interesting viewpoint because they had come from a small town and gone to university in the city. So they had obviously experienced a change in dating culture, especially for someone who is LGBTQ+. So how does dating ch- change for you going from uh, a town to a city? Uh, Dating changed so much because where I used to live, it was just nothing there. Like it was a very rural area. So everyone lived ages away. I didn't have a car. So it was like getting around was really hard. 
and I didn't know anyone in my local town because I didn't go to school there um so like dating back home is for me was absolutely impossible um and going to a city from there has been a massive improvement one of the last things that I wanted to find out and this was just a little fun one to throw in there but what are the guys favorite chat up lines especially when it comes to dating apps um what's yeah. your favorite chat up line I I don't have a favorite chat up line. I am very vanilla when it comes to starting a conversation. I usually go with "Hi, how are you?" and I think it works fine. Oh my god, I'm really bad at this. Oh my god, no, this is embarrassing. I I don't know. I literally I don't, on Tinder. I don't message people because I just get too stressy. I'll just let someone message me, and then grind is different. <laughs> like I don't, I wouldn't use a chat up line on Grindr. I'd just be like. I don't, know, I, sound, I don't want to say hey because that sounds boring and uninteresting but I don't know I can't think of a specific chat up line but I like something that's creative and funny but also like there's a fine line between that and being cringe so I think it can't be cringe okay so while all three of them wanted someone who could provide a good funny creative chat up line none of them could give me one Stefano and TJ for taking part and sharing their stories. Each of them have their own dating apps and for their own reasons. And these are just three opinions of three random people. Tell me who I am. Everyone has a different type. Everyone has a different app. Everyone creates a profile to what they're comfortable with sharing. And everybody does dating just slightly differently. But what about once you're in a relationship? How do you keep it entertaining being with that person? And how do the older generation view apps? And how has that changed the scene for them? Stay tuned for part two. It's all about pride. Virgin Radio Pride. You'll never find another like me. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
finding love in 2022. A strong indicator of love would be a long-term relationship. And that relates to all forms of love, from friends that you love, family you love, and even your pets that you love. So, for those who are in long-term relationships with a partner that they love, they normally have a good idea what love is. I spoke to Chloe, who's been in a relationship with her boyfriend for the past six and a half years. But for Chloe, there were a couple twists in the relationship. So you got with your boyfriend six years ago, started mm-hmm. dating six years ago. Can I ask when you actually kind of came out as bisexual? Yeah, so I came out as bisexual probably maybe like five years ago. So I'd been dating my boyfriend for a while before I came out and before I probably even realised. I didn't really realise that I was bi for quite a while and it just sort of came out slowly and then I never really was like um oh yeah no I need to come out or anything um for a while I actually didn't want to I didn't think I needed to I told my boyfriend basically straight away um and he's always been really supportive but um for ages I thought well I'm with a guy I don't need to come out as bi that's not something that currently is relevant especially to my family I told friends in passing and stuff but I never formally came out and then I started coming out or I came out to my parents about two years ago um and yeah it's been just a, the journey of going from accepting being bi and sort of that side of my identity with having a boyfriend and a long t- and being in a very long-term relationship and like how the two fit together despite the fact that we are in what for most people would call a straight-facing relationship um it's definitely taken me a while to come to terms not come to terms with isn't necessarily the right word but like understand how that um works and how I felt about it I suppose can I ask how that conversation with your boyfriend went then when you first came out to them I think if I remember rightly coming out to my boyfriend was mainly just a case of going so I think I might be bi and I don't think we really spoke about it straight away we just sort of he just sort of went okay and we moved on and then I think we spoke about it more sort of later and in sort of after the fact um and working out not what that meant because that didn't really change us in any way but just working out just working out how it like that that was definitely how I felt and um yeah just working out that that was definitely how I felt and just having general conversations about it and stuff I guess it was a similar time as there was it was sort of I don't want to call it a phase because I don't think it ever was I don't I hate the idea of people saying that oh if you're bi it's just a phase or it's people you know when you're we were sort of that age at 15 16 but it was sort of that time where there were like other people around not necessarily close friends but other people like in my year coming out as bi um or gay or whatever um I ne- but then again I never really felt the um like I never really felt the 
need to come out properly and I always said that I didn't really think at the time that it was something I wanted to do unless it was in passing um so sort of we just settled on leaving it there and yeah he's always been really supportive so one of those things that I wanted to find out about Chloe is that finding love can sometimes be the easy bit it's holding on to that love which can be hard I wanted to know what Chloe did with her boyfriend to make sure that these last six years and the years to come stay as successful as they are. Well, so obviously being in a long-term relationship, I think that is fair to say in your case. Um, What do you do to keep the relationship interesting? Yeah, being in a long-term relationship is really difficult in that respect. You need to keep communication keep dating each other going on dates we're in a we're currently at universities across different ends of the country so um having uh being long distance has also come with its own challenges as well um just enjoying the time we get when we're on holiday and or like in breaks um from uni enjoying that time together that's sort of we end up spending 10 or 11 weeks apart and then have a very intense sort of four to six week period of being together it's really it's always really nice um but sometimes that can get a little intense um but it's just enjoying the times that we do have together as much as physically possible and doing the like little things that we miss out on during the rest of the term the in-person dates the going on walks we both live in the countryside so like going on walks and um just generally like catching up and doing the sort of novel things that most people if you were dating whether it was casually or with a boyfriend or girlfriend that might be or a partner that is lives closer to you going out for dinner going to the cinema going yeah going for walks going bowling all of those like little things that you might take for granted because we're in this long distance relationship it's so much and we have been dating for so long it is important that when we are together to keep up those things and just enjoy that time together and make sure we are focusing on each other when we can and when we're um when we're together rather than both at uni and away from each other and what do you do during the periods where you are away uh during the times where we're long distance um we try and do date nights like virtual date nights so like we watch a film or um some term one term we watched every week we watched an episode of the witcher um so we'd like watch a tv series together or something um recently we've both found we've been very busy which is it's difficult um but I think it just comes down to communication we try and if we know that we've been really busy for like the week or whatever we'll try and do sort of half an hour phone calls before going to bed just to basically like catch up on each other's lives for the week um we've always been quite good at like texting I know some couples aren't we always text but even when it gets really busy, it's like I've just completely missed a whole like we just haven't communicated very much in a week. And we make sure we catch up on that time over the phone when we can um, I feel like I'd like to say we're quite good at adjusting to how busy we are and working out what each other need, what we both need as well um, mm-hmm. when it comes to connection and just talk both talking to each other. And um, yeah, sometimes human connection even if it's not like physical is a really it's something you really miss um when you don't have it and you need to make sure you sort of keep up um 
almost like refilling your battery I suppose and making sure you've you're you're looking after both yourself and each other. Chloe's story is so interesting and unique. They were able to give a perspective on dating, on finding love, of being in love and holding on to that love. And I wanted to let Chloe sum up their experience of coming out as bisexual during a long-term relationship. I suppose just, yeah, being in a long-term relationship and coming out as bi after having already dated a, a man for um, about, probably about a year and a half or two years by that point um, is a really, it's yeah, it's a really weird thing to do. And then, and then, yeah, being able to, being coming to coming to terms with an identity that you know you know you are but then coming to terms with working out how does that work with your current lifestyle and how does that work when you sort of expand it and especially at such a young age it's a really difficult thing to fully understand and just like work out it was actually um sort of I I downloaded TikTok right at the start of like the first lockdown and sort of around that time so about two years ago and it sort of it helped TikTok helped me in loads of ways one of which was sort of just starting to is I got very quickly onto the gay side of TikTok and um slowly was able to I don't even think there was anything anyone or anything in particular it's just feeling like feeling more comfortable in a community because I didn't really know very many people that were um LGBTQ plus or that are LGBTQ plus and so being able to find this community or these people that I could watch and interact with online, um, they have no idea who I am, but they will have helped me and eventually helped me go, hang on, my relationship status, state, my relationship status means n- has no relation to what my sexuality is. And I did sort of put, it finally let me sort of step over and be like, no, I am bi and I happen to be dating a man. Due to advancements in technology, how we find love, how we find people to go on dates with, and how first dates actually happen has changed. I got the opportunity to speak to James, whose age I promised not to reveal, about how they have seen the dating scene change over the last couple of decades. I'm going to assume you've been on a few dates in the past what would you say is the kind of essentials that are needed for a good first date um i think it's sort of be quite relaxed and quite open um you know and then don't be don't be too nervous when you go on it and don't expect too much Mm. so just go on it relax get to know the person that you're on a date with you know and that's that's the sort of starting sort of point of the way the way things should go and then just see how it goes after that Apps are one of the main ways that people meet each other for love. So I wanted to hear what it's like for the older generation using apps like Grindr and Tinder and what they think about it. 
uh, it's pretty fake. And I found that the people that um, talk to you are not um, just make up like weird stories about themselves. And like a lot of the time, they don't even send the the um, sort of right pictures of what they look like. They, mm. You know, I've had people sending me pictures from magazines, thinking that I'm going to be like, okay, let's meet up and go out together and all like that. And then a lot of them would like string you along and then arrange to meet, but never turn up. And it was always a quite a bit of a sad way to try and meet people. I think. How have you seen then, kind of in the years since Grinder has come in? how gays kind of interact and go out with each other? Yeah, so I used to go out like a few years, well, years and years ago, when it was before the whole iPhone thing and before like mobile phones and even before all the social networking. So the only way you could meet people was to go out and meet them in a bar. So the bars that we used to go to sort of years and years ago, the gay bars were quite sort of undercover because it wasn't really out in the open. And people were quite sort of homophobic and didn't really, you know, want to be involved with someone that was gay. So it was quite hidden. And then I think it was sort of the late 90s, the gay bars started to open up. And where they had like blacked out windows, they they opened the windows and sort of had, you know, this is a gay bar. This is, this is the way that people are. And then it sort of attracted a lot of uh, men to the bars because they could then meet people quite easily because there was no sort of social networking, there was no apps or anything like that. So I would go to Soho, you know, for instance, on a Tuesday around two o'clock, and you'd get bars that were pretty full, you know, pr pretty busy at that time, compared to what it is now when you go there and they're just completely empty. And even by like nine o'clock at night, you find it not really, really that busy. And as soon as you meet people, all they ask for is like, oh, have you got, have you got this app? Oh, have you got Instagram? Have you got this? And, you know, things like that. But I found that compared to Grinder, meeting people in, in sort of like person, like straight away, just like hitting it off, you, you feel, you can feel it and you know what they're like. But trying to sort of meet a relationship or, you know, a date on Grinder is really, really difficult, I find. That is totally fair. Meeting in person, you get to know, I guess, the person a bit better, don't you? Yeah, you do. And I found that at that time, there was a lot of gay bars around. There was a lot of gay bars opening. But because Grindr came and uh, these sort of apps came and social, social networking, younger people grew up, started to grow up with that. And then they basically, um, you know, they wouldn't go out. They stopped going out um, or they, they didn't actually start to go out because they were quite young. And then the bars started suffering. And then a lot of the gay bars were closing down. And then it was becoming very limited where you could go because I used to go to Earl's Court. That used to be quite a good area like the gay scene but they all closed down there because people just stopped going or the new or the younger people that are growing up didn't bother going because they had the, the social networking and, and the, the dating apps that they could go on james was actually answering my call sat outside gay in soho and i wanted to know when they are meeting someone in a club or a bar what their go-to pickup line would be I don't think I've got, I haven't got a, like a pickup line because I just randomly come out with things when I see someone. And I think it's more like of the circumstance around it. So if I could be in a certain bar, then something just springs to mind at the time. You know, I've, been, I've gone up to someone and say, oh, do you come here often? Or something like that. Or, I, or I'll say to them, oh, you're really cute. Like, you know, if I had a few drinks, you get quite um, confident. And I say, oh, you're really cute, aren't you? And then we just start chatting. Another, and one of the, one of the good things, I mean, 
like one of the good pickup lines I've been doing lately is like, because a lot of guys have got tattoos now, and I quite like tattoos. And I'm like, oh, I really like your tattoo. And then as soon as you say that, oh my God, they love it. They're like straight in with the conversation. Oh, yeah, and they say, oh, I've got more of these. I've got one there, one there. And then they start sharing their belly and sharing everything, you know? So it's like, and then it just breaks down the, the sort of um, barrier. And then we start having a conversation. That was part two of our documentary. Stick around for part three, where we talk to the best people around when it comes to talking about love. Radio Pride. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. Head is spinning thinking about boys. We have heard from a range of people, from age, gender, and sexual orientation. Love is a very complex topic to discuss. Some topic areas may feel a bit uncomfortable to listen to. Some topics you may feel like you have no experience in. Or maybe some topics hurt just a bit too much to talk about. I found that the best people to talk about love to are your friends, who help provide a range of viewpoints and maybe help you make some more sense about love. I was busy thinking about I invited Ben and Darcy, two of my closest friends, to come on and help talk about some of the topics surrounding love. Ben is quote-unquote straight-up gay, and yes, he is aware of the juxtaposition in that sentence. And Darcy, who describes their sexuality as very fluid and undefined. We first started talking about dating. Starting with you, Darcy, what is the best date you have ever been on? Oh, God. Um, hmm. I mean, like, in it, like, as in, like, dating to get to know someone, honestly, it's been a bit tragic. Like, I remember a guy took me to Nando's once, and it was just horrendously awkward. Um, and I was, this is before, actually probably just before I was like, oh, I want to try and get to know some girls. Right. So I was still like very, very, very straight, um, at this point. And I just remember it being horrendously awkward and being like, no, like this isn't, this isn't it. But then when I started dating my first girlfriend, there was like a load of like random random dates we'd go on. So like I went to Harry Potter World, that was incredible. Um, but like we we usually did like really nice intimate things. Like we'd go to like restaurants and stuff, and that was that was always really cute. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, uh, recently, it's been less dating like long term, more like dating like for a night. That's fine. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's also fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, and uh, Ben, how about for yourself? Uh, what's the best date you have ever been on? 
if we're taking the term date quite loosely, I think the best date that I've ever been on would have been. I can't remember if it was in December or the start of Christmas, but it was with a guy that I was seeing regularly-ish, um, and it was definitely not a relationship, but more casual for sure. I went to stay at his house for the weekend, um, and then on one night we, um, I went to his, and his housemate was having two of his friends round um, for dinner. He kind of said, oh, these people are coming over for dinner, would you like to join us for dinner? So I ended up staying... Um, with him at his house having dinner with one of his closest friends and then two people that they'd known for a long time so it was and um the housemate was a bit older and so were the other friends so it was actually a really nice opportunity to get to know what it's called like elder gays um it's not very often you get to kind of meet people like that well at least in my experience it hasn't been so it was really nice in terms of kind of i guess letting someone in someone or someone letting me kind of into their their personal life and kind of introducing me to friends and people they know but also being comfortable showing like letting their friends meet me so what type of profile would make you swipe right um so the type of profile that would make me swipe right so i love when in the bio when people have like a single line that is just like chat up like iconic um and then also i feel like girl girl dating right you've got like i feel like every girl who dates girls has checklists like compared to like because i'm i'd say bisexual whatever it's if i'm talking about guys i've got like a very kind of fluid like you know because you can't be too picky with guys um (laughs) you're gonna be disappointed um (laughs) it's just like okay i like this kind of guy whereas girls like oh i'm just like okay so i either want like really really femme like tiny little femme girl or i want like incredibly like masculine like tattoos like oh my god talking about it um (laughs) like literally like i feel like it's one or the other um and i feel like a lot of girls who date girls have that checklist when it comes to things like tinder and that and i'm not sure whether it's the same for like gay guys and other people within the LGBT community but like I feel like it's a definite thing for like girls dating girls and then like I feel like if you're on something like tinder you can't really kind of grasp a personality like you are kind of being a bit shallow and just reading off that bio and those photos um but yeah like any sense of like humor within a bio with like a cheeky chat up line Ben how about yourself what's what what type of profile makes you swipe right on tinder so a profile that I'd swipe right on, um, kind of a few things. I think I'm a, it's really stereotypical, I'm a sucker for muscles. Um, I love a muscular guy. And it doesn't have to be like your cliche underwear model, like six pack, um, super chiseled, just like someone who's a bit like beefy, you know? Someone you can tell goes to the gym. Um, and then I think because I'm so tall, I like having a tall guy. If you think about like, I just, I think I jump way too far into the, into thinking about things when I swipe on Tinder, but I'm just like, if we think about the practicalities of sex, for example, if I'm, I'm six foot four, if you're like five foot three, it's going to be unpractical. So I think about that. Um, and then kind of looking down into the, the words part, any mention of travel, love that. I love to travel. Cooking again, I love to cook. So when I see myself with someone um 
I would like to do a bit of the cooking, but then I would also love for them to be able to kind of give back and kind of that be a love language in a way. And when I, I think when I use t- Tinder, if we're talking about swiping right on Tinder and, and Bumble, where you are doing the swiping, I'm not looking necessarily for a hookup. So I'm thinking about that little bit more long term. You're looking for your husband, not husband. Um, <laughs> and you need to kiss a few frogs before you find the uh, Prince Charming, don't you? Um, and we've not kissed enough frogs yet, but um for dating formal dating serious dating something a bit more substantial so that i think when i'm on tinder that's what i'm thinking of the advantage of having friends come on and talk about this is they give even myself an insight into maybe areas of love and dating which i'm slightly more unfamiliar with case in point what darcy is about to say but have you guys seen the um new kind of lesbian dating apps so I they have, personally Darcy, no, have not been on a lesbian the... dating app. I mean, I thought the community would know, you know? But um, what's it? So, like, what's there's it a called? lot of new... So there's one called Her. Mm-hmm. I have and heard it's of that designed, one, actually. So it's, it's not only designed just for dating. It's designed for, like, meeting new friends. And it goes kind of hand in hand with this new night out that is um, largely focused in London. And it's called okay. GRL. No, hun, it's called GRL which is, it's like a thing for girl. And basically it's um, girls and non-binary individuals um, only. And the idea for both of these is that you can either meet people who are like women who date women, um, or you can make friends who are also LGBT. So like, do you know what I mean? Like it's a nice thing because there aren't many opportunities. I feel like a lot of like girls who date girls meet each other through each other like if that makes sense because before i came it's like my workplace at the minute it's very lgbt um friendly like there are a lot of staff um who are in the community and like i've met so many people who are also lgbt through just them like as in because they all know a couple people and like we all come together like that okay so i'm gonna turn left now off this kind of talking about dating and i want to ask you something slightly more philosophical now um darcy i would like to start with you how would you describe love okay uh how would i describe love um i feel like recently i've had a new perspective on this um i'm very much of the opinion that i think it's feasible that you can have love for different people at the same time does that make sense so i recently went on a date with a bisexual polyamorous man so he was married to a woman um and i went on this date and it kind of it changed my perspective of like it it can work and it's possible um and i think yeah it's that's that's something nice <laughs> that's something new that came with me but i've i've been thinking about it recently and i i the more i think about it the more i question whether i would be happy eventually settling down with just one person i don't mean that in the sense of like cheating or things like that i mean like i feel like i could settle down with one person but then i feel like sometimes you you still want to have the opportunity to find different love with different people 
Like, I feel like that would be something that's realistic. And I kind of think the current way in which a lot of people date and the current way that a lot of people find love is kind of outdated. It's based on outdated beliefs that, you know, things like the nuclear family that aren't really relevant anymore. Um, and I just think people should be more open to that kind of idea of love. I very kind of have a similar opinion on this. Um, I think if we're to, if we're to jump straight off the back of Darcy's topic and my idea of love, I would say the idea of one person loves another person and then you get married and you settle down and you have your, your children if you want children and you work and then you retire together is very much based on outdated principles, kind of mainly driven by kind of... I would say Christianity in the Western world um, where a man marries a woman and you stay married and you don't divorce. So I kind of agree that I think love means many things to many different people and it's very personal. Um, And I think when I think of love, I would say my main overriding experience of love is platonic or um, in a family. So I kind of have a very clear understanding for me what love means for family members and and my friends. Um, And it kind of means for me caring for people and when you can putting them before yourself and kind of checking in and making sure people are okay and kind of having that intimacy where you can kind of talk about whatever you want to talk about and you're comfortable sharing those things on a romantic level or in a relationship style I think that sort of love is something I'm yet to experience fully maybe kind of bits but not in full force um but I think when I think about my future and I look at or picture what me loving someone or being loved would be like, I kind of very much, I mean, the similar view of Darcy is I might have some person that is my main love interest and I, I, I settle down with and I live with, but I would like to kind of explore, I wouldn't, I would like to explore other thi- other forms of love with them and on my own. Um, and I think intimate physical intimacy comes into love in a way i know ben and darcy very well and i know that we will probably be continuing this conversation further with a bottle of wine and happily talk hours upon hours about love and dating to be fair i would be happy sitting down with everyone that i interviewed for a lot longer and discuss areas of love which we maybe haven't discussed yet or maybe go into more detail about the areas that we have each story Each person, every laugh and every cry, gets us just one step closer to understanding love and understanding how complex it is in 2022. Before I let everyone go though, I asked one question, a fairly simple one at first glance, and yet I received such a variety of answers which just shows you how everybody sees love differently to one another. How would you describe love? Interdependence. Butterflies in your stomach. Mm, I'd describe love in one word as comfortable. Exciting. Happiness, trust. Um, Happiness. Love in one word would, very honestly for me, be natural. I'm going to use a quote from the Princess Diaries. (laughs) 
Um, love is um, being yourself, but with somebody else, and it's it's being um, them being a part of you and you being a part of them. To me, that's what love is. I want to thank you so much for listening in to Finding Love in 22. The apps, the scene, and everything in between. A special thank you to all of the guests who allowed me to interview them for this documentary. This was produced and presented by myself, Danny Brett. Thank you and see you soon. The Virgin Radio Pridecast, proudly supported by Disney Plus. Celebrating every color of the rainbow.